0: Being a small business owner, and especially a gym owner, requires that you be a jack of all trade and master of none. And honestly, guys, if your experience in owning a gym has been anything like mine, I've had to take a crash course on so many different things to to get my gym up and running. And honestly, the internet <clears throat> has been one of those things that I've really had to learn at a very brisk pace. And you know, and for that reason, I think that us at Three Two One Go Project have always wanted to educate and empower the community. And um, this series of podcasts that we're going to do is going to really break down what all goes into a website, what goes into WordPress, what you should expect from your website developer as they begin to build your website, and really just kind of lay the foundation from the ground up so that you are able to make sound decisions as the business owner and really focus on on what you guys do best, and quite frankly, that's uh, changing people's lives. Um, So uh, enjoy the episode, guys. Take notes, and uh, again... Part one of this, we're going to really set this foundation and then part 2 we'll come through with, uh, and, and kind of build upon all of the things that you learned in today's episode. Again, guys, if you have any questions, uh, if you have any questions about the business, by all means, holler at me, uh, website, go to Scott, that's Scott K at three two one go Thanks. All right. Well, Scott, thanks so much for, for coming on the show today, man. Um, for the listeners that don't know, uh, Scott Kaczynski, you're the developer for Three Two One Go Project, and an all-around super web savvy guy. If you guys missed our our last episode, Scott and I talked in Park City, Utah, about some non-negotiables for your website. What are those elements that your website must have? And and quite honestly, that that conversation very quickly turned to a lot of tech talk that um, we sort of realize in hindsight that we probably need to back up and and start to build the framework. So that's what today's episode is going to be all about. But before we dig into unpacking some of these technical aspects of your website, uh, I would just like to take a moment, Scott, to, to maybe introduce yourself and let the listeners know uh, what exactly it means to be a, a web developer, for those that don't know
1: right awesome and uh, thanks Matt for having me on the show again. Always a pleasure to get on the uh, the business podcast with yourself. Um, so yeah, I've been a web developer uh, probably about as long as I've uh, had access to my first computer um, way back in the day I was uh, 9899 uh, some solid, Dial-up internet. Um, as a kid, I was always just super interested in, in how the internet worked and uh, all of those super nerdy things. Um, some some great movies came out in that era about uh, about hacking and uh, um, cool cool guys in glasses just uh, you know robbing banks and, and saving the world. So um, did you uh,
0: did you watch uh, uh, what would that have been like? Swordfish would have been a great one. Oh,
1: great. Yeah. Swordfish. I mean, a a little earlier uh, than my day, but a classic sneakers was a, was a solid one. Um, so anyway, I was, I was always super interested in, in the internet and how it worked. Um, and, and back then the web was a, a very different place. Um, you know, more or less constrained to the, the technology that we had at hand. Um, at that point there was, there was very little, uh, Uh, speed consideration. So to use the web, uh, it was very slow and and there weren't that many active users, um, let alone small businesses that were actually interested in in getting on there and using it as a marketing platform. Um, So as I I developed my skills and and got more serious about the web, the the web got more serious uh, as well. So um sometime around the the millennial turn of the millennial there early 2000s um the the web was emerging extremely extremely fast um and and at that point there weren't too many homes left that still had a dial-up connection um most of, if not all transitioned over to the uh uh, cable internet or the short lived, the uh, DSL lines. Um, so would you probably... say
0: that, that that was kind of the turn of how people use the internet was the advent of faster speeds. Did it become more pervasive in people's lives at that point?
1: Absolutely. Right. Um, at that point, you know, it, it was, uh, uh, it, the internet just became more accessible. Um, it, it wasn't, you know, th- there was a time, and I, I remember very vividly when we all had uh, dial-up internet, um, either, either your parents would purchase a separate phone line so you could use the internet, or you would uh, constantly be picking up the landline and, uh, and getting the, the internet tone ringing through. Um, So, you know, when when data speed became a priority and uh, we developed those those cable lines and uh, fiber optic networks um, just became more accessible for folks and and more of a a plausible reality to work with their time um, that they could spend on the Internet versus how how fast that data was um, coming in. So, you know. Anyway, just to to wrap that up, uh, you know, early two thousands um, into the late two thousands was uh, my my ten years where I I began to take the web very very seriously, um, and ended up uh, hacking myself into the uh, developer position I'm I'm sitting in today.
0: So <laughs> that's awesome, man. So um to for the for the user or for the listener that doesn't know what does what does a web developer do? I, I think we have this like.
1: Probably. perception
0: of you, you know, sitting in your office with like nine monitors going at any given time with a bunch of code that we know nothing about, but but what does so if somebody was to go to a web developer and give them their sort of high-level needs for their website, what is your process look like from that point?
1: So, a uh, very good question. I think um that term uh is is pretty broad at this point. So it definitely has a, a couple different meetings to each and every web developer. Um, myself, I would say I am uh, a, a bit rounded as far as, as as what I offer to clients and, and what I'd like to do for them. Um, so along with uh, figuring out, you know, exactly what that client is looking for out of a new website process. Um, I like to make sure that we, we drive that with a, a very straightforward strategy. Um, so, you know, I, I, I could take an idea, I can build that for a client, but I, I also want to make sure that we're building, you know, the best possible, uh, best possible ideas for them to be successful, uh, driven with a solid, solid strategy. Um, so that being said, that role as a web developer can uh, it can vary from uh, never speaking to a client and and coding up a certain uh, uh, block of work for them, um, or on the opposite side of the spectrum, um, you know the way I like to work is is very hands on with the client and help them through the process from uh, figuring out the uh, initial needs of that website all the way through the design phase, um, and into the, uh, clickable functional website. So, um, for me, it's, it's being there for the entire process and, and, and holding the client's hand to make sure that we're, uh, we're getting the best possible product that they need.
0: Would you say that that's sort of the, uh, emerging trend in, in doing web development for small businesses? Is it, is it's equal part coding as it is strategy around what that business's goals are?
1: Uh, absolutely. I think, um, you know, where the, uh, the the breakdown usually comes is uh, um, there, there's tons of agency-based teams that might have anywhere from, uh, you know, 10 to, to 30 members, um, and, you know, that's still sitting on the small side of, uh, that, that creative agency web based um, shop. And even still for, uh, a small business, the, the contract price to start a website with some of these agencies is, is fairly steep. Um, and, and, you know, for the most part, that's, that's really to, to make sure that they're taking high priority clients that do have the business payload, um, you know that 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 can sustain the, that entire team full of work. Um, so on the small business side of things, uh, this is becoming increasingly common um, for web developers to take on you know a plethora of roles from strategy to uh, to development to design um, and then well into the launch and support. Um, so, you know, that's, that's exactly where I hone my skills in on making sure that, you know, we can, we can make this happen for the smaller business and, and make sure that they get the same service as they would with a team of 20 plus people. Um, even though they, they might be working with myself or, or one of my immediate
0: colleagues. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that you do, uh, in providing that strategy is you, you offer a free Uh, website audit or just walking through um, clients' websites and you've done quite a bit of these in in the past. What would you say like a rough number of websites you've looked at with potential clients?
1: Oh, well, rough number, you know, since the beginning, I've probably looked at over uh, 500 plus websites. Um,
0: And are these 500 gym websites?
1: Uh, a pretty good mix up at this point. Uh, I've always I've been um sort of in this fitness niche for a while, so I've been working um, uh, with a lot of personal trainers, um, with a lot of traditional gym owners, um, and within the last two years, uh, specifically focused on CrossFit gyms. So yeah, I mean the the vast majority that I've worked with have been uh, have been gym owners. So
0: okay, so let's just take. 500 websites as a as a rough sample size. What are the what have you been noticing? What is um, you know what are gym owners doing really well online, and and what are some of the biggest gaps in their online presence that you've seen in looking at at so many gym websites?
1: For sure, it's a really good question. Um, initially, I think you, you know when I load up the website, uh, I, I usually get a quick email gives me the URL so I can check it out for a couple minutes before we hop on one of these audit calls. Um, and initially, I can tell right off the bat um, where this website came from. Uh, the, you know, there's a, a very specific user experience science that sits behind building um, a website uh, within the fitness, fitness industry, um, not just CrossFit gyms. Um, And and I could totally tell if uh, uh, the person I'm about to get on the call with hired, um, you know, a a web developer that has no clue uh, what they're getting into or how this business works. Um, So, you know, one of the biggest pitfalls I see is uh, somebody went online looked up a quick freelance developer, um, and they got a website that's uh, very basic that has little to do with the uh, the the user experience needs that come from building a, a gym for your CrossFit box or um, traditional gym for your personal training website. Um, so you would you know, say that
0: that. Sorry to interrupt, but you would say that an industry specific developer is just as important right i mean Uh,
1: absolutely i'd say you know for especially for the value of the project at this point um you know price point isn't going to fluctuate much so even these these uh websites that are um you know have very little base or uh or a strong user interface for um the, the industry itself uh, they're still at this, the same price point. So I, I think, you know, you'd, you'd really be cutting yourself short by not working with someone that is industry specific um, from the ground up. So, you know, that's the biggest issue. Uh, and then on the other side of that, I'll see a lot of really killer websites that were built by, you know, um, uh, uh, agency that has a heavy base in online marketing. Um, very strong uh, UX components that uh, that drive conversion and and drive sales, um, but that still do not hit this specific niche on the uh, on the design side that that's really really critical, especially um, within the CrossFit industry right now, um, and obviously those folks have a a, a stronger advantage from the. Uh, the uh the ladder where where you grab a website that looks like it it's completely out of place so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um
0: so so one of the things Scott you and i we promised that we would do going into this is that we would define terms and try and cut down on jargon as much as possible so i've got a i've got a a a notepad going right now so every time that we drop jargon we're going to stop and define them so i've got a couple things here uh user experience um UX for short. What does that mean?
1: Ah, uh, so great question. Um we throw around the uh these terms, especially the abbreviations uh UI and UX quite frequently. Um UX is simply uh as, as you clearly define the uh user experience. Um so this term defines uh when a average person, a user Google's uh, a certain term and, and clicks and, and falls upon a landing page or specifically seeks out a, uh, a URL to visit on the web, um, the user experience embodies their entire visit on that website. Um, so that starts immediately as the page loads and it ends as soon as the user clicks out of that tab. Um, so everything in between, uh, which... which uh, can do with how the user uh, clicks through the website, where they spend the most time on the page, um, what, what conversion items did they click through, did they submit a, uh, uh, their email to your newsletter form, did they uh, grab your email address they found on the front page and shoot you a message. Um, all of those interactions tie into the user experience. Um, and the direct correlation with, with how that visit works um, has to do with what we call the user interface or the UI. So the UI is actually how the page is laid out, how it's built. Um, everything that the user is clicking through, um, all the components that they see on that website, um, that's the user interface. And those two terms are 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 thrown around quite sporadically but they're they're actually quite um, quite similar and they and they tie into each other uh, um, very tightly as well
0: so so when looking at a website what are you know one or two of the most important aspects of that user experience so i i google your gym and i i go to that home page and i click through to that url that comes up up in the google results Um, like in the first 10 seconds of me being on that website, what, what is the most important thing? What do we want to capture from that user?
1: Oh, great question. Uh, so, you know, uh, especially in the, uh, in the, the CrossFit market here, that, that first 10 seconds is, is very, very crucial, um, as it is across the board for, for any site that's, uh, seeking, um this, this, uh, this marketing strategy. Um, so immediately on a, on a CrossFit website, it's important to, uh, first portray and embody the, uh, the branding of your gym. So, you know, that needs to be front and center, um, you know, a a clear logo, uh, somewhere on the top of the page, um, letting the user know exactly what your branding looks like, Um, and then that'll tie in directly, uh, to a deeper, deeper understanding and a deeper feel of, of what your gym's all about. Um, and that's portrayed by way of, uh, the color scheme that's mapped out on this homepage as well. Um, and that's usually tied directly into your, your gym's branding. Um, so within, you know, two or three seconds of the site being, uh, loaded up in the browser, that user is getting a, a ton of information they're getting your brand they know exactly you know what your logo looks like they make that connection they're, they're establishing that brand recognition um, and they're also they're also absorbing um, uh, the feel of your brand the colors you're using the the text the fonts that you're using on the page um, and, and all of that processes, uh, in a matter of moments, even before the user actually starts to uh, evaluate some of the content that you have on the website. Um, that being said, it, it's imperative to make sure that that your you know your gym's personal branding um, is well developed and clearly available on the site.
0: So, what about actually using that website? What I mean, complete stranger, I'm not a member of your gym. What needs to be my first click? Like how, or, or as a developer, like how long are you going to give me to click on something, or how much time does the business have for somebody to take an action on that site?
1: Uh, so you know, depending on the amount of content laid out on the homepage, um, and we'll we'll use CrossFit gym website specifically as an example. Um, you know, we're really looking at a matter of of seconds here. Um, the average user is going to spend anywhere from eight to fifteen seconds on that homepage. Um, so we need to make sure that that actionable content is displayed in a place where it's it's most easily accessible and front and center for that user. Um, so that's that's where you start to see a lot of these common uh, trends. Um, we we talk a lot about these call to actions. Um, these conversion forms, these uh, 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 quick email opt-ins. Um, and this is you know a really good spot to 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 break those down and talk about what uh what those terms mean and why they're important to uh, display to the user within this eight to fifteen second um make or break realm. Yeah.
0: Accordingly. Yeah. So so let's just start with their call to action uh, abbreviated as, as CTA often. Right. Um, for the gym owner, let's just stick with gyms and, and we can actually just stick with CrossFit boxes to be super specific. Uh, that primary call to action in those first eight seconds, let's say is probably going to be some get started method or some kind of form that they fill out. Uh, right. What, what does that look like on your end? Uh, so essentially,
1: you know, exactly as, as you mentioned, uh, what we're doing um, with that immediate call to action is, um, you know, we've already established this this brand presence. We've already established a feel within the first uh, couple moments of the user visiting the site. Now our objective is to walk the user through the website and actually have them start absorbing some of the content that, that we wish to provide. Um, and, a, and a great way to do that is to display the most relevant, actionable information um, immediately at the top of the page, uh, extremely obvious, um, and 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 entice the user to to make that connection and to take that journey. Um, so you know what that that journey w- would look like. Uh, as you mentioned, for example, um, you know a great way to uh, entice users to take that next step is by displaying a call to action yeah you know hey we have a free um no sweat intro find out more about it right here um we are new gym we have a founders club offer launching um first 25 members that sign up uh hey we have a uh, some killer results from the games uh this is our this is our featured athlete who just, you know, destroyed it in regionals. Um, that's the kind of stuff that 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 makes that quick connection and tells users, oh yeah, this is this is what I'm looking for. This is where I need to go. Um, and as a user, you know, clicks that call to action and begins that journey. Uh, that's where they start absorbing more and more info, and that's that's where we need to get them. We need to get them from that. Uh, Eight to fifteen second casual click through to an engaged uh, uh, permanent visitor for the next uh, couple minutes or so. Here,
0: absolutely, and then so then it's at that point. Would you say that we want to direct them to some of the content that we provide, like a how-to video? You know, learn right. more about us. But but primarily, what we're looking to do is in those first eighteen or eight to fifteen seconds, is we're looking to capture information. Right. So what. What information does the gym owner need to capture in those first 15 seconds?
1: So, uh, you know, and if all goes well and we've made a a, a successful uh, conversion um, from that web visitor that that may have journeyed around the entire site and looped back to the homepage, um, or it was a a very specific purpose for that user to end up on the page and, and grab more information immediately, um, we need that to happen as quick and as painlessly as possible. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're talking about some of these conversion techniques. That's where we, uh, we really like to drill that, uh, that quick, easy um, opt-in for, for, for more info uh, form directly on the front page. Um, all it would require is a user to drop in their name and their email address and hit the submit button. Um, and that flows back to the gym owner to, uh, to nurture that lead, to email them back, to throw them into a, uh, uh, an, an email list, uh, uh, it, you know, at the lowest level, a, a little spreadsheet they might have to, uh, to, to, to shoot more info back to the, uh, the user. Um, and, and that's gotta happen very quick as well. And it has to be easy, you know, for the most part, um, your your new business isn't going to take the time to fill out 8 to 10 different question fields you know uh regarding name age height uh address weight phone number uh you know they're they're not ready for that they don't know you um and i kind of like to think of that journey as uh um equating it to a trip to the store um you know if I, if i was visiting my uh my local deli to uh to grab a salad um you know we we don't get much further beyond that initial uh me evaluating the menu until i'm ready to order um and i certainly don't get a hundred questions from the person constructing the uh the food for me um regarding any personal matter until we're ready to Talk about that. So I think that's,
0: I think that's a great analogy, Scott. Because really, the end goal—if I were to channel what I feel other gym owners thinking right now—is you know, gym owners like we really excel when we uh, are face to face, like when we're able to put some personal touch to things. And I, I think that where a lot of gym owners are, are missing this is that. The point of a good website and a good conversion um, tool on your website and gathering these email addresses is not to keep people online, but it's to create a path from this really impersonal online I'm just Googling you or I just found you on Yelp, whatever it is, that we want to get increasingly more personal. So that's why we're asking for people's email address right off the beginning, right at the beginning is because. All right, our inbox is a little more personal than a Google search right and then we can from that inbox we can redirect people to some more personalized content that we 've generated we can introduce them to our coaches we can show them a featured athlete we can you know even provide them with some brief uh, uh, nutritional consultation uh, you know we can do all of these increasingly more personal Touch points before they set foot in the jo- step foot in the door, but we have to create that path where people aren't going to. I mean, the way I think of it, can you imagine like going to a brand new restaurant without any without yelping it, without getting you know without getting input from somebody else? Like, I just don't do that. I've got like my five favorite restaurants, and then right. if I'm going to try something else out, it's going to say. You know, a friend of mine is going to tell me about this new restaurant and then I'm going to go on Yelp, see what the reviews look like. Then I'm going to look at the menu, like how much can I expect to pay here? But that process is like moving me toward walking in the door.
1: Right. And and, and that's the ultimate endpoint um, is creating that interaction where you are moved to walk through the door. Um, and, and as you know, the restaurant, uh, references is very relevant. You have so many other options. You have so many options. Um, especially in, in some of these highly populated Metro areas, you know, you might be sitting within a five mile radius of, you know, 10, 12, 15 other boxes at some times. And, uh, uh, and, and the user sees that and they know uh, that, that those are available. They've, they've ripped through the search and, and they're basically picking, you know, uh, whatever's on that first page of Google or uh, they, they clicked through from a social network uh, on a friend's post. Um, and, and they're at your website for the first time. Uh, so you know that's where it, it becomes increasingly important to draw that analogy of uh, of uh, your website. You know needs to to be treated exactly as the front door of your business per se. Um, and 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 I think occasionally that's where folks get a little um, confused, or they or they might not ever draw that comparison to their their website actually being their digital storefront um and and their 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 place of business and it's just as relevant as uh throwing up your your banner and opening the door of your box
0: absolutely um
1: so you know and i i really i i enjoy all those uh physical location analogies and i think it always helps folks um Sort of distinguish that a little bit um, if they can envision themselves, you know, walking into your website as if it was a physical space, and what kind of in, what kind of interaction um, w- would you want to make if you walked into uh, uh, your business as as a website? So, yeah. um, increasingly critical just to just to get enough information um, so we can we can drive that user through the door. Uh, super critical.
0: Absolutely. So Scott, I think this is, we're getting to a good place uh, of wrapping up part one of this podcast. Uh, I would, I mean, we always want to give somebody an actionable takeaway. So if you could give the listeners maybe um, one thing, if they are thinking about their website and thinking maybe it's not adequate or I think it's good, but is it good enough? Like what is one thing that the listener can go online and, and look at their site and, and judge if, is this website, am I capturing people in the first eight seconds and is that moving them toward getting in the door? How, how can we kind of do a quick self audit?
1: Right. A uh, great question. So, um, a, a great place to start, you know, we're, we're limiting that quick timeframe of user interaction, um, as they're visiting the, the site, uh, you know, the, the user is is going to have a very poor experience and a very limited action if uh, your site is taking too long to load. So if we're if we're closely encroaching on that eight second mark, then then we've already uh, we already have lost the user essentially. Um, if it's if it's taking you know fifty percent of that interaction time for just your site to load um, then we've already created a bad user experience. Um, so that's definitely one thing to jot down, uh, is, is page load time, making sure that the site is optimized well enough to load effectively and quick, um, not only in the desktop browser, but also on the mobile device. Um, and you know, that aside, uh, as, as the page loads, um, my biggest thing and and my, uh, uh, my starting point for for each and every website is the brand awareness. Um, I think you know if if we don't have an updated logo and we're not uh, and we're not creating that brand presence immediately as the page loads, um, if we're we're not keeping our brand congruency um, together with with the color scheme and the uh, the layout of the logo and where it sits on the site. Um, then we're also doing a disservice to our to our business um, not making that uh, connection on the website as well. Uh, so number two is definitely brand awareness. We want to make sure that um, your branding is clearly visible and uh, uh, easily absorbed just as it would be for the user walking into your box. Um, and number three, uh, you know this is uh, more of a personal. Uh, audit question but are you actually getting inquiries from your website do you have people calling your box um, letting you know hey I just checked out your website can you give me some more info Um, are you getting emails that have people subject lines uh, letting you know that they just checked out your website um, if you have conversion forms on your site, are are they actually working? Are you getting inquiries from these forms? Um, you know, and if the answer is 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 no for those or no for some of those, then then that's a a portion of the website that you definitely want to look into, um, and and figure out how we can refine that process and 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 how to make those things happen. Um, so you know, nothing extremely trivial. At the end of the day, it it just comes down to a a simple yes or no if if these components are working and if they're helping drive your business.
0: Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, Scott, I think that's a great place to wrap up. Um, Part one, if you have made it this far, listeners, uh, come back next week. We're going to get into a little bit, uh, you know, unpacking some of the technical aspects of a website um, and and really kind of getting into the nitty gritty of this whole thing. So... Come back next week and and we'll get into it a little bit more with part two.